Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. Today, we're going to deal with something that's very important, that's a prevailing trend in churches right now. A very ugly, dangerous, prevailing trend. And I want to welcome all of you here, and I want to welcome those of our friends who are all over the world that may be watching this at this moment. I hope this will minister life to everyone, and that God will bless all of us as we go ahead and learn the truth and the only truth of the Word of God that is really unadulterated. The trend I'm talking about is declaring it. You might want to just take that as a topic. Declaring it, the Word of God. In fact, I was somewhere in a church, and I'm not going to mention the church, that everything they were talking about was that, you know one thing, all you have to do is to declare the Word. Declare the word in every situation that you have. Whatever your situation is, declare the word. Declare the word and it will take care of it. Because Christ has died on the cross and paid all our debts on the cross. And I was watching them, everybody was declaring the word in every situation, either for or against. The word of God says this. The word of God says that. The word of God says that. Who cares what the word of God says? The word of God says nothing except we do the word of God. Let me tell you one thing. I'm just going to come there. It is not a question of saying the word of God says anything except we do the word of God. Except we do the word of God. It has no power. It has no authority. So this is a phenomenon that's going on right now in everywhere in all the churches. Just like the, the phenomenon of saying once you are saved, you are saved. No matter whatever you do, you can just go ahead and do whatever you want to do after that. And that is not a sound doctrine and gospel of the Jesus Christ. Declaring the word of God, one cannot declare what he does not know. Now let's get on that premise. Declaring the word of God. In every situation you have, declare that word. And they say that once you do that, you have peace. Once you do that, everything is okay. And everything is not okay if we do that. Except we leave the word, what we declare. Otherwise, we will be liars when it comes to the things of God. Declaration. See, when we declare something, we are saying one thing. That number one, we believe in it. Number two, that we actually know it. That we actually know what we are declaring. I cannot declare something which I do not know. So coming into what we talk about declaration of the word of God. You see that when, before you declare the word of God, before you get out there and say, I declare everything, it means like rebuking. We rebuke this, we rebuke this, the devil will rebuke this, and we rebuke all these things about everything. But we can rebuke until kingdom come, nothing will move. We don't even need to open our mouth to do anything of rebuking. All we need to do is to do the will of God and do that what God has asked us to do. Then the devil will bow because of obedience. So before we rebuke, the most important thing about rebuking is to make sure, and, and declaration, is to make sure that before you declare, search your heart. Let me, let me say that again. Before you declare the word of God, because I'm going to show you right now that declaring the word of God in vain 
brings judgment. It's in the scripture, I'll show you. Declaring the word of God. Because remember one thing God told us in Exodus 27. He said what? Do not use my name in vain. And one thing I want to show you that the, the God and his word are the same. There's no change. God and his word are the same. So before you declare that, then you must search your heart thoroughly. And begin to say, am I actually declaring what I know? Okay, let me put it this way right now. Do you know that I can sit down here, or any one of us can sit here, maybe in the question about a few months, we cram, we try to get everything about the medical terms and the legal terms and put it all in our head, and we just go there, blah, 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 blah. But to be honest with you, you can do that, the kingdom come, until you go to the training and practice. You're not a physician and you're not a lawyer. It is that simple. It can be there, but there's nothing there. No substance and no authority. So before that, one will search his heart. Give me Proverbs, please. 4, 23 to 24. Proverbs 4, 23 and 24. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips far from you. Put away from you the perverse mouth. Out of the heart are all the issues of life. And that's why he told us in Matthew 12, 34. Can you read it for us? Matthew 12, 34. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth the speaks. The mouth speaks. Every moment and every time when you are dealing with anything about God or the word of God, it can never be taken lightly. Everything about God should never be taken lightly. There was one time we were discussing and we were concerned that in the world now, in many churches right now, or among us, probably Christians, that we begin to take God for granted. We think God is our mate. We can just, whatever it is about God. But God is God and it cannot change. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, that's what I'm looking for. The heart. I'm searching the heart. No matter whatever you are saying, whatever you are declaring, but your heart is what I'm searching. Out of abundance on that heart, the mouth speaks. And that's why he told us there that if no matter how you declare, I will not listen if it's an evil heart. Read me a proverb, please. 15.8. Proverbs 15.8. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The sacrifice of the wickedness, the wicked, the wicked, the evil heart, that proclaims, that declares the word of God, he says it's an abomination to him. I just want that to sink in everywhere. The evil heart, one is declaring the word of God with an evil heart, is insulting God and is mocking him. And I'll show you where it is right now in the scripture. It's mocking God and insulting him. And God said, whoever uses my word or my name, because that's the same name, in vain, will never be left unpunished. So that's why I told on Psalm 66, 18, please. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. The Lord will not hear, no matter how I declare his word. That's one thing declaring the word because you know it, and another because you are declaring the word because that's what needs to be done. 
If you don't know the word, there's no point declaring it. Because it's meaningless to you. In one way or the other. So that's why if there's any iniquity in your heart, God will not hear me, no matter whoever I am. And no matter whatever I think I am. No matter I can be bishop or whatever I want to be, but one thing is this. If there's iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So let's look at, when we talk about declaration, I'm, I'm telling all of you, I'm sure you have been victim to this, or maybe you have heard about it, declare, declare. All you got to do is to declare it. Prophesy to your situation. Tell him this is what's going to happen. Look, it's wonderful if you want to do that. If you want to do that, it's wonderful. We should do that, prophesy, and talk about the things about God. That is if we are one with God. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying right now. It's, it's amazing. The word of God is there. We can use it and it, situations will go. But only if we leave the word of God and become one with God. So what is actually declaration? If I want to attempt to define what declaration is, declare, declare. Let's, let's call it a proclamation, right? We proclaim something. I'm going to try. We proclaim something. But what is a proclamation? That is actually publicly. When you come publicly and say of a certainty, this is what this is. Of a certainty, this is the, what this is. So if you look at it, that which is certain, there's no way you can know that except what? Except number one, you have had a personal encounter, an experience, or knowledge of that thing. Please, let's make sure we get this in right. There is no way you can really declare. I'm talking about declaration. When you say, I'm declaring something, it's a proclamation. When they, if you look at like the, the city will give a proclamation to people. Because they say, this is us. Except you are the owner. Except you can have a claim of ownership or a joint ownership or something. You cannot declare. And then you cannot declare something which you have no personal knowledge of. Because that will be hearsay. And you cannot declare something when you have not even experienced it. Because you will not know. It's like somebody going into business. You, you are you're just fresh in the business. You get it before you even you get there. You're trying to tell somebody how to run out of business. Do you know that many people probably who are in the universities teaching like a MBA and all sorts of business courses, many of them may not be able to run a business correctly. Do you know that? There's one thing quoting theory is another practical. That's why whenever you go for any kind of training. Especially when it is very, very important training, they want to make sure you go to what? Clinical and training. Because you have to be able to acquire the experience to really actually be able to do it. So, but this experience, what does this experience do to us? This personal knowledge, what it does to us is this. That then it has an establishment in our heart. Something is established in our heart that will give us an unshakable belief in what we talk about and then knowledge of it, and understanding of that thing. And that can only be done through personal experience, unless you leave the word. One declaring the word of God without leaving that word, without being that word, one-on-one with the word, obviously is a thief and a liar. And I'll show you where it is right now. One declaring the word of God, say, the word of God says this, but you don't even obey the word of God. Obviously, that person is deceiving himself because he says, you know why? That individual, the mouth and the what? The heart are all in disagreement. The mouth is saying something, but the heart is actually different from any situation. 
So when you say, I declare, make sure that actually you leave the word of God. Otherwise, God said, if anyone will do that, then I will not actually leave that person unpunished. Because what is actually God and his word? God and his word are the same. Let's get this out. They are inseparable. Because he told us what John 1.1 1, 1 said, the word was what? Can you read that? Everybody knows it. The word was with God from the beginning. So the word of God is God. God, please. John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word is God. So whatever comes out of the mouth of God is God. That is why, because of that, God could not see anything higher than his word. The most treasured possession of God is his word. It's, it's, I'm telling you, it's greater than anything else. That's why he couldn't swear in anything else. God would swear in his own name and his word. He said, as long as I live, my word. Okay? And that's why he told us clearly. Let me 24, uh, Matthew 24, 35, please. Understand the significance of what is telling us there. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Let's just sink in. Heaven and earth. In other words, where God resides may even pass away. God is saying, it's not going to pass away because God is there. But he's trying to emphasize something. That heaven, where he resides, may even pass away. Earth will pass away. But the last thing that will pass away, and it will never, never, is his word. In other words, if the word of God passes away, God has passed away. And God cannot pass away. We know that one. So the word of God becomes God. And that's why he told us it's one something. Isaiah, please. Isaiah 55, 10 to 11. Isaiah 55, 10 to 11. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. It shall prosper for those things that I send them. And that's why he told us in Jeremiah. It's in Jeremiah 29, 29, 29. 23, 29. Jeremiah. Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, Is not my word like a fire? Whoever is broken by this word, I will refine him with my fire. But whoever waits for me to hit him with a hammer, he'll be grounded to powder. And that was the one you give it to what in Matthew 21, what, 44? Matthew 21, 44. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken. But on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. It will grind him to powder. We have what on this word, the word of God. And that's why he warned us. That his word is like what? Two-edged sword. Is it Hebrew 4? 12. 
For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And all the hearts. So we cannot hide from the word of God. He sees us very clearly. And two-edged sword, which we have said all the time, when someone is two-edged sword, you think that it costs both ways. It costs both ways. Two-edged. If you misuse it, it will kill. If you use it properly, you will live by it. And that's why Ezekiel 20.11. Ezekiel 20.11. And I gave them my statutes and showed them my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. If a man does the word that I've given to him, he shall indeed live what? By them. Or die by them because where there is life there's death let nobody be expert. that's how god is there's two ways we know about that one is either the, the word will keep alive or the other way and using the word of god in vain is more serious than most of us think of whenever we declare the word of god and playing with it have you ever gone you go and just take a book that you didn't write and you go and steal what is written there and you write it their own what happens yeah, right? It, it brings a lot of problem. That's how God is. Because you're just talking about God. You're saying God, almost like you're quoting something, almost like saying God is a liar. Because you don't believe in it. If you believe in it, you will do it. Please, it's very important for us to all understand that there's only one way to walk this, our Christian walk, is to live according to the dictate and the will of God, obeying God implicitly. So let's look at a situation where it's declaring with authority. That's the only thing I want us to be able to do, to declare the word of God with authority and power. You know, Paul was saying something. Paul was just talking about the, the people, the, the Corinthians. He said, well, you people are just there puffing up and glowing up and everybody glowing, really shouting, hallelujah, everything's okay. He said, when I come, I'll find out because the word of God comes with power and authority. And that power and authority is when you are one with God. When you are in spiritual agreement with God. And that power authority comes. Where's the first Corinthians, please? Two, right? Yeah. Four. Yeah, let's go there. <laughs> first Corinthians chapter two, verse four. And my speech. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Of power. It is the demonstration of the spirit and power. So you have a situation where, for one to declare the word of God, you must be the word of God. Oh, let me just say it again. I'm sure that uh, for one to declare the word of God with authority and power. I'm talking about spiritually. Please, anybody can declare. Let me tell you one thing. It is one thing saying, I know God. And another thing saying, I know of God. Everybody knows of God. I don't think there's any human being on this earth that has never got tell you that he doesn't know of God. 
even the worst of all diabolic, whatever you want to call it, everywhere they may be. Sometimes they get up. You know, like even in the village and everywhere, you see people who get up, maybe the native doctor and those people who don't believe in God, that's going to church. And small thing they say, oh my God. But they don't believe in God. And the world don't walk in God. And that's exactly what Christ was talking about when he was dealing with the Jews. He said, you call this God, your God, your Father. But he's not actually your Father because you don't obey him. Read me John, please, 8, 54. To 55. John 8, 54 to 55. Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. You see, I know him. And there's only one reason why you can, I can claim I know him. Christ told us there. There's only one reason why I can testify I know him. It's a testimony. I know God because I do whatever he tells me to do. That's how I can claim I know him. And that is what in 1 John 2, 3 to 4. 3 to 4. 1 John 2. Now, by this, we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not it's in not him. That Remember when I made the statement, said that whoever makes a declaration of the word of God, and does not abide by the word of God, and does not live that, that is a thief and a liar. You see there, where you say that, well, whoever says he knows me, and does not obey me, he's a liar. The truth is not in that person. You know why? Because the word of God is what? The word of God is the truth. The word of God is also life or call it spirit. The word of God is the way. That's why I say I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But I can tell you this right now. There is no way for you to know the way unless you have been there before. And let's get it now. There is no way to know the way. Until you have been there. And there is absolutely no way for you to know the truth except you have knowledge of it. That's why, is that the, the, the common saying here? I said that the taste of the what, the pudding is what? In the eating, right? Yeah. Until you taste it and eat it, how do you know how it tastes? You cannot testify that that's the way it tastes. And there is no way you can. Know the spirit, except your spirit. Read me 1 Corinthians 2, please. 11 to 14. 1 Corinthians 2, 11 to 14. For what man knows the things of a man, except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God, except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually 
discerned. He cannot know them. That is why, see, when you go to the scriptures, you see where Christ was telling the Jews, said, well, you don't even hear me. And sometimes you turn around and say, well, whoever has ears to hear, let him what? Hear. The hearing is talking about spiritual. There's no point saying you are hearing, but you're not doing it. And James was clear about that one. Was it James 1? 21 to 25. I love the way he said that. It was just like a mirror. You look at the mirror, you turn around. In fact, at the hands through. And you get into your car, you forget the way you look. James 1. 21 to 25. 21 to 25. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness Please. and overflow yes. of wickedness. And receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Which is a, the perfect law of liberty? No, I'm asking, which is the perfect law of liberty? The word of God. Yeah, but which, actually, what's James talking about the perfect law? Who continues the perfect law of liberty? Okay, let's turn it around this way. Read me John 8, that one. Then we'll understand it. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And the truth shall make you what? Free. You see, that's the law of liberty. You shall, knowing the truth. It's one thing saying the word of God is there, right? But if you don't know the word of God, you will never be set free by it. Are we, are we there? That's what James is talking about. Doing it. Living it is knowing the word. That's knowing the truth. And the truth shall set you free. But some people think that knowing the truth is just reading the Bible and quoting it. You can recite it the way you want to recite it and quote it the way you want to quote it. But without living that life every day. That's why Christ was telling us one thing. Was it John 14, 31? He said, that's the only way the world will know I have anything to do with my father. John 14, 31. But that the world may know that I love the father, and, and as the father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. As he gives me commandment, so I do. And that's why the father will never leave me. Now, let's put it this way. Abiding in the world. Christ said in what? In John 8, 31, he said what? We already got, gone through it. He said, if you abide in my word, and my word abides in you, in which case, this is the situation, the word of God must dwell in you. You must be the word of God. If you want to really have anything to do with God. Because the word and the God are the same. And he told us one thing that if you will obey him, then he said, the Father and I will come and dwell. Now, let's make sure we get it. Come and dwell in you. If you do that, the Father and God will do Give me John 14, 23, please. 
Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Can you believe that? Make our home with him. Think about how God will come and make his home with you. And that's not possible, except if anyone loves me and kills whatever I tell him to do. That's why if you look at what, if you look at John 15, 14, he said, well, you're on my friends. The reason why you're my friends is because you do whatever I tell you to do. And John was telling us the same thing. John also got it right. In 1 John 3, 24. 3, 24. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, uh -huh. and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the spirit whom he has given us. By the spirit us. he has given to us by abiding. This, is, this topic is very, very crucial. Please. Because all you get everywhere, most churches, is, I would declare the word. Hey, we declare the word. Declare, de declare what? They need to let people know that an if factor in everything about God that an if, if factor. Always put if factor in place. God said, if you do this, I will do this one. And that can never change. And that's why he told us that, well, if you will do whatever he asks us to do, then whatever. Now, let's come right now. Whatever then we want to declare, we declare. You know why? When we declare, whatever we declare, because we are with him. One-on-one -on -one with him. In spiritual agreement. As Amos Tractor told us, said, well, two cannot be in agreement, except two cannot work together, except they agree. When that happens, said, I will be with you. We'll be one. Just as the father and the son, what? I want. I, I am my father. I want. Let me tell you, what the, is it possible for someone to be one with God? Yes. Follow God, what God wants to say. Obey him, you'll be one with him. And when you are one with him, he tells you there is no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. But we want to shout and say, Ah, no, I declare it. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And the devil said, Look at this one. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. What authority do you have? Do you remember something happened in the scripture? I don't know. Well, Matthew, well, even Matthew 7 29, they were talking about something. The Jews said, Well, that Christ spoke the word with authority. And when it became so confusing to them, do you know what the, 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 the leaders of the, the Jewish group came? They came to him and said, well, by what authority? <laughs> now remember, that's why I think talking about authority and power. By what authority are you saying what they are saying? You see? But you see, that's why he was telling the, the authority I'm telling you is because I live. I'm the authority because I live the word. My father and I are one. And if the father and I are one, then whatever I ask the Father, I declare it will happen. Read me First John, please, three twenty-two. First John three twenty-two. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments. Because and, we keep His commandments. And do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Let, let me tell you one thing about. Let's say about God. God is with us when we are with him. Let's make this clear. God is with us when we are with him. If God, if the son of the living God, read me John 8, 29, please. 
John 8, 29. And he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. When you read this very scripture, please tremble. The Lord and Savior, the Son of the living God, God himself, with one with the Father, is telling us that the Father will not leave me because I do always those things that please him. In other words, turn it around. He's saying, if I don't do those things that please my Father, the Father will leave me. If the Son of the living God is saying that, then just talk about you and I. The word of God stays forever and cannot change. If we abide in him and he abides in us. And there's something I want to mention about that which we read about what John 8, 31. He said, if you abide in me and abide in you, then you are did what? My disciples. So that tells you differentiate discipleship and multitude. There's a multitude of people turning. Even here, where we're doing this Bible study fellowship, I'm telling you many people have come, and some have gone, and some are still here. But I can tell you one thing. Out of the multitude, there may not be many. What? Disciples. What determines discipleship are those who abide in the word, and the word abides in them. And it tells us one thing. Was it uh, John 15, 7, right? 7 and 10. John 15, 7 and 10. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. I don't know how it can be made clearer. Just as abide in my father's commandment. And because of that, I can declare. That is why he gave us an example of declaration. Of a certainty. I'm one with this thing I'm saying. Therefore, what I say must happen. If you look at Matthew 4, you see the temptation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He was tempted. He declared the word. Because it was a word. If we take only one section, we said Matthew 4, 4, you say, say what? It is written. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now it is written, because before, before I say, I declare, the word of God says, I better be the word of God. And live the word of God, otherwise it's in vain. He's declaring it because it's the word of God. He said, whatever the father told me, I did it. You know why I'm saying that? Because the devil also declares the word of God. So declaration I'm talking about, what's the difference? If you look at, okay, verse 6. Let's read verse 6. And said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now, this is the devil saying, the devil said, okay, so you quoted, the, you quoted the, the word to me. You declare the word. Okay, I'm going to declare one. And if you don't leave the word and become the word, you will not know 
when the devil is talking. And all his agents. Now listen to me. All his millions of agents in the world running around all over the place, rampant. And taking advantage of a captive audience. A captive audience sitting down there as congregation. Oh yeah, no. This is feel good. It's wonderful. Declare it. It's so great. Declare what? Instead of declaring, do it. That's what I can tell you. Instead of declaring, do it. You don't even need to say one word. If you and God are one, before he said, before even you ask, I've already answered you. Because why? I mean you. We are one. Working together. So, but if you look at that word, it tells us one thing, this. You must eat the word and swallow it. Uh, it didn't say exactly like that, but what I'm, I'm trying to say that when, when somebody said that you do not live by the word alone, but by that, you don't live by bread alone, but you live, live by what? Why did they use bread? It's almost like eating it and swallow it. That's exactly what he told Ezekiel. Say, son of man, open your mouth. I'm going to put it in you. You better eat it and swallow it. It will make your stomach a little bit kind of turn around, but it will keep, keep, save you and keep you to that. Now, I'm just, please, anybody listening to this is very, very important. No matter whatever we're doing, there is one mystery of mysteries. Every other mystery is on it. And once you get it, you're on your way with God. Whatever you do, let it be that what you're doing is pleasing God. Seek you first the kingdom. Get that one first. Every other thing. But we don't want to listen to that. We want the easy one. We want the one that feels very good. And those things that feel very good are killers. That, let me do that what God said I should do. And once I do what God said, there is no way I can leave you. Just like he wouldn't leave the son, because whatever he did, always, not sometimes, not selectively, and what I want to do. So declaring the word of God without authority is declaring in vain. I'm coming right now. Without authority and power, you are declaring it in vain. And when you do that, the punishment is very serious. Where did you see that one? They said, read me as on 27. God said, I will never leave the person unpunished. Exodus 27. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Mm -hmm. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. The Lord will not hold him guiltless. You know one thing? Because taking the word of God in vain insults God. That's what the devil did. In verse 6. This is a devil that doesn't even believe in that word. What I mean by that belief now, he believes that's God. In fact, who told us that? James was very clear. James was wonderful. James said, you believe in God, you've done well. But the devil also believes. And trembles. So to hear the word... To hear only the voice of the master is the all you need. But if you don't leave the word, you will hear many other voices. And when you hear many other voices, the wrong voice is the one you're going to follow. In fact, I think the, the, the Lord was telling us that in what John 8, 44. He was saying that almost, let me put paraphrase it this way, but you can read it. Almost like the, vo the, the, the word you obey, the one you follow, that's the one that's your master. 
Can you read it, please, Aaron? John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil. Uh -huh. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. He's a liar and the father of it. He said, look at, the Lord was telling his people, you are of your father. Can you believe that that would, that would offend any one of us, right? I, 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 couldn't be, I didn't blame those people that time. To be angry. The truth will make you angry. Oh no, no. The truth will make you angry. Will turn your stomach. If it doesn't turn, it's not the truth. If you want something that's so sugar-coated, it's wonderful. You know the auctioneers, blah, blah. I can come here and say, blah, 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 blah. Give me, I'll sell a car for you. I'm not selling a car. Don't buy anything. Listen and obey the word of God. Don't look at any human being. Don't even look at my face. My face will not do any good to you. It is doing the will of God and obeying him and following him, not giving excuses whatsoever. Because if you declare, again, the consequences are very severe. And we got it what? In Acts of Apostle 19. Let's read was it 13 to 20. There are some people who declared the word of God. Do you remember the word of God says, I'm trying to talk to you, devil, in the name of that Christ that Paul has been proclaiming. Devil said, oh, well done. Can you, please, go ahead. Acts chapter 19 from verse 13 to 20. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest who did so and the evil spirit answered and said Jesus I know and Paul I know but who are you then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded this became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus and fear fell on them all and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Now, if you actually got... That's whatever he's talking about there. Is there any way to really raise everywhere in Houston for to learn to turn to God? And what happened to those people? And yet, God has been silent. Because he's such a merciful God. And we take it for granted that he's silent. We can say whatever we want to say about him. We can do whatever we want to say about him. We can profit, I mean, become professionals in dealing with the things about God. And we don't care about the people who are misled. The consequences of the souls that are lost. And we think about the things of this world. Chasing that, that will pass away. Over the souls of the children of God. If God would do that, and God has consistently given us so many examples in the Bible, but yet we don't fear him. He is God. 
yet we don't fear him. Now, proclaiming, I've showed you there that declaring that word, this is the word of God. It is written, I speak to you, devil. If you don't leave that word and not one with that word, it's going to slap you. You must leave one. It is better you don't declare it than that you declare but you don't do it. That is why God said, even in Romans 1, he said that, that is why, you see, he said, the wrath of God came upon the children of disobedience. Because they know and they still don't obey and follow it that way. Now let me put it there because we're going to make sure, because of our live stream, we won't run out too much time we do. But then looking at that, you see understanding the kingdom of God within us. Please, I wanted to get that right now. Because I've talked about the formula, deceptive formula, misuse, manipulative, to get people to believe that it's well with them, and it's not. Because it's only well with them. You know, like somebody shouted that, it said, tell the righteous is well with you, and we all clap. Everybody in the church, the church will be clapping. I did that one time, everybody clapping, hallelujah. I said, before this hallelujah goes too far, remember that what God is saying, tell the righteous. Not just anybody who wants to do whatever he wants to do. But understanding the kingdom within us will help us so much. For those who are of God, born of God, one with God, in agreement with God spiritually. And by the way, somebody may just, maybe anywhere, somebody may raise the question and say, well, but why can't I declare the word of God? I'm not saying you cannot declare the word of God. I'll say declare it with authority and power. But if you don't have the authority and power, don't. It's better for you. Remember he said that it's better for you that you didn't even know the word, the truth. But after knowing it, still disobeying it and somebody may tell me i know i'm just i'm just saying whatever the lord's giving me somebody may say well but is it not declaring your faith oh yeah but declaring your faith but why oh, <laughs> let's 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 go it isn't james tell us that faith without works is dead you can declare all the faith but if you're not faithful now let's say this again you can declare all the faith, but if you're not faithful, what's the point? Declaring faith means that I believe in whatever I'm doing. It's almost like somebody jumping up and said, you know one thing? I believe in Christ. Believing in Christ and calling the name of the Lord. All that is in vain, except you live the way Christ has directed you to live. Because number one, you cannot believe somebody you don't know. And there's no way you can know except you leave it. Okay? There's no way you can know except to bear. That's what First John 2, 3 to 4 says. That this is the way we know we know him. If we obey whatever he tells us to do. If any man says he does, but doesn't obey, he says he's a liar. The truth is not in him. We cannot do that. Calling upon the name of the Lord. Some just say, call upon the name that you'll be saved. Okay. You call upon the name of the Lord that you believe and that you obey and you live every day that's the word of god is but the what i'm talking about the kingdom of god that is within us think about it if we're able to follow the way of god if we're able to do 
live the word of God every day. And that's what I want everyone here to do. If you've not been doing it, please, all that we've been talking about for two years is all in vain. If I, if I have not been doing it, it's all in vain for me. Because all that effort will be... Remember what Christ said? Not everyone who said, Lord, Lord, shall come into the kingdom of God, but those who will do my will. And that day will come, and he will say, well, look, Emeka Zumba, you know you've been, I've been teaching through you. You've been teaching, and you are there, this and that. But he didn't do it. God forbid. And he said, no. You will not enter. That's how it is. He has no respect for, for any person. Leave the word of God so he can profit in it. If Paul was saying that all the people that were in, in the circle of maybe the church they had before, and some of them left, he said because the word of God did not what? Profit them. It didn't profit them at all. They had the word, but it didn't profit them. So hearing it is doing it. That's the only way one can just do it. So the kingdom of God within us. I have had the word of God. You see, if you, there was something which Christ was, he was just saying. He said, he told the Jews, he said, you can't even hear me. That's almost like insulting. And they said, what? We can hear you. But it's different when you hear and it goes from here and it goes, to the other, goes out to the other ear. When it is retained in a fertile soil and it stays there and produces fruit. And there's no way one can produce fruit except it's a good tree doing that which God has commanded to do. So when the kingdom of God is not, if we are one with God, one on one with God, because I didn't say it, he said that if you obey me and do what I tell you to do, then I will come and dwell in you. That means it's there. If the kingdom of God is within us, then I must tell you this, that all that is within the kingdom is within me. All, now this is scary, all that is in the kingdom is within me. If all that is in the kingdom then is within me, all that is outside the kingdom is subject to me. So again, I'm just trying to say all that's outside there is subject to me. Only if I abide and be one with God. Because he told us, said, well, I am the vine, you are just the branch. If you don't abide in me, you'll fall away. I have never seen a, any branch that's not attached to a tree. And there's no way that branch will be opposed to that tree and still live. It's not possible. And that's why he told us, like Joshua, he told about Joshua, we know about Joshua, right? He said, if you will abide in me and do what I tell you to do, he said, then you don't even have to worry about all these declarations. He said, there's nothing in this world that can stand against you. Why? Because if God be with us, read us Joshua, please, 1, 5 to 10. Joshua 1, 5 to 10. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Let's stop right there. No man will stand against you. Instead of declaring, I'm coming right now. Instead of declaring, I'm not saying you shouldn't, please. We'll continue, my dear. I'm not saying you shouldn't declare. I say declare with authority. And make sure you're declaring what you know. But what I'm saying here is this. He said, no man or no thing in this life shall able to stand against you. Why? Why? As I was with Moses. As I was. I'm asking people and they will not answer me. As I was with Moses. Remember what God is saying. 
as I was with Moses, the only way that nobody can stand against you is because I will be with you. So what did I say about the mystery of mysteries? The mystery of mystery, whatever you do, try to get God on your side. That is all. Every other thing we are preaching or doing in churches or whatever we do, I'm telling you without this is of no use, no consequence. Try to get God on your side. If God then is with me on my side, he said, nobody can stand you. Because then I don't have to worry about any weapon against me. I don't have to worry about anything because God is with me. And he's not only with me, because if I follow him and do that which is pleasing to him, always, God said, I will be with you wherever you go. So it doesn't make a difference whether I'm in the sea. You could see no wonder that Christ was just relaxing and sleeping when there was, a, what, a turbulent in the sea. And they came and woke him up and said, no, no, don't care that we're going to sing. He said, look at you people. You, is that why you disturbed my sleep? Because if the father was with him, what is storm? No, I'm, please, I'm just trying to say, what is the storm? The biggest problem we have is this, and maybe we treat it next time, is this. We don't prepare for storm before it hits. The best time to prepare for storm is what? Now, if you're going to, I don't know, anywhere, I know that if you are building, if you, if you are building a home, if you are building a home, the best time you want to be building that home is a dry season. Why? Because you don't want the rain to pour on it and for it to fall. You prepare. You go and prepare for fire. Firewood before winter comes. So that when winter comes, you're ready. The best time to be with God is when actual things are going so well with you. Get him and walk with him every day. And don't even think anymore, what am I going to do with him? When the storm hits, he said, I am here, my son. Just relax. I will do it. And nobody can stand you. That's what he was telling Joshua. And he goes beyond that and tells Joshua, the only thing, the reason why I will stand before you and be with you and never leave you, the same thing Christ said in John 8, 29. He said, that's because this book of the law, whatever you do, Joshua, you want me to be with you? I will be with you completely until the end. But you must also do what I tell you to do. Keep reading, my dear. We close with that. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Let's stop right there because this is this also in the book. We stop right there and you, you, you continue reading. Remember when we discussed about this mystery about Joshua? It was so intriguing. I mean, I was going to the bathroom and the Lord said, why did I tell Joshua to be strong and courageous? I said, well, because there's all sorts of giants and problems in front of him. He was leading the children of Israel to what? The promised land. And the Lord said, what? What I got to do? Because Joshua cannot fight the battle. The Lord fights the battle. And the Lord told Joshua, I said, Joshua, be strong. No matter what anybody does, don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right. Don't look back. Only thing you can do is that do and obey me. He said, then you can make your way prosperous then. Go ahead, read, read, keep reading, and we'll finish. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, mm -hmm. that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. 
but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers. That is, that is where we are going to close. Do not fear. And do not be dismayed. Because only one reason. The Lord your God will be with you. But how many of us sometimes we declare that, ah, Lord said, in fact, even if you go to other places like Isaiah, whatever, where I said, fear not, I think Isaiah 41 or whatever, fear not, I'm not this bit, I'll be with you, this and that. All that is all in vain, except the if is done. Joshua, this book of the law shall never depart from you. When you do it, the Lord your God will be with you. And then, come rain, come shine, let the giants come. Am I not God who created them? I know what I will do for you. No weapon formed against you shall ever touch you because I'm God. Know it. I love, I love that area. I love that area where he said, know this, I am God. And there is none like me. Ever. God is with us when we are with him. I thank God for all of you. And those who are listening and watching from somewhere, God glorify, be glorified tonight and be blessed. But I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will go with everyone and make you prosper in the Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.